Hello and welcome to episode 186 of TLDR Podcast. The uh, Super Bowl is coming on. The Chiefs won once again against the Niners. Um, it was a good weekend. It was a good time. Overall, as a Niners fan, wasn't happy with the overtime thing. But you know, it is what it is. There's always next year, hopefully. But Alex, Alex was hanging out with us this weekend at the at my house for Super Bowl. How yeah. did, did you have fun? How, did you enjoy my house? Enjoy the keg? Thank you for the dip, by the way. Oh, dude, the dip. I spent probably three days on that. I grew my own cheese. Uh, I slaughtered my own chickens, like found my own ranch seasoning. Like, dude, it was wild. Uh, I did, uh, if you guys haven't figured out, it was not at James's house. It's a really far drive for me. Um, but the Super Bowl, I had a great weekend. Um, James, I was thinking about you during the game. I'm, I'm sorry your Niners didn't win, but it was a good game. If you're just a fan of football, pretty good game. Um, again, I'm sorry your team didn't win, but I had a good time. Um, I hope you guys did as well. Yeah, me too. I'm also sorry they didn't win. Um, but it's okay because Trade did something that he hasn't done in a long time, and that was not throw up at a Super Bowl party. So, Trade, how are you doing? Yeah, I, uh, I'm i feeling good. I remembered the, the entire day, uh, which, is, uh, <laughs> which is like a plus. Um, but I mean, just it, it was objectively. I think Alex, you nailed it. It was a it was objectively, it was a great football game. Um, you know, it was a defensive battle early, and then the touchdown started happening. Um, unfortunate, unfortunate in the overtime there, but you know, it it is what it is. And Mahomes is just like it's Mahomes, guys. Like he's just turning into the goat before our eyes. Unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on who you are. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, because he's a little asshole, too. But it is what it is. <laughs> uh, and then Tyler. Tyler did not get to see me be sad because, you know, it, at the end of the day, it was just a game. And I wasn't part of the team. I'm just a fan, so I didn't cry. Tyler, I'm sorry I did not give you that satisfaction, but do you have a good day? Yeah, you were. I was very surprised how um, upbeat you were after that game. I was like, I'm sorry. He's like, you're good. I'm like, it's good. Or, or you were like, it's good. I'm like, are you sure? Because I feel like you should be more sad. <laughs> um but nonetheless, you know, yeah, it's 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 a shitty way to lose a game like that in the last minute. But uh, obviously, I had a great time. Thank you for hosting a, a great Super Bowl party. Um, it was it was a great time. Um, like I said, I agree with what I said. Objectively, it's a fantastic football game. Uh, Trade and I think is dying over there. But um, yeah, I'm doing good. Otherwise, uh, baseball opens up this weekend, so college baseball is starting starting this weekend. So getting excited for that, and then you know. Point I made at the Super Bowl party probably too many times was that it's you know it's a closing out the NFL season, which means baseball season right around the corner. So I'm very happy about that. Yeah, you did multiple times that I dreaded <laughs> every single time, and I got plastered every single time you did that. Yeah, um, <clears throat> we will be talking about baseball, but that will be our last segment of the day here or the night, depending on whenever you listen to it. But we will get there, so I'm very excited for it, and uh, excited for baseball games and hot dogs and beer and tailgates. That's what I'm looking forward to. Hell yeah. So, as the end of football season, you won't be hearing football for a while. We're going to dive right into the episode. We're going to go right into hockey. Trayden, what do you got for us? What do I got for us? Yes. Um, now that now that football is over for me, I can really focus on, on hockey. This is actually, I think Alex would agree, this is the part where, this is the time of the NBA and, and NHL seasons where re- things really start to, um, you know, matter the most. The games mean more. And it's that, fa- and it's that um, you know, final trek to the, uh, to the trade deadline if you're the NHL or past the trade deadline if you're the uh, NBA. And going towards the postseason. So um, that's, you know that's kind of what we're gonna we're gonna talk about. Um, first off, let's talk about the in season cup, James. Wow, um, you just don't stop. I mean, every team that you play seems to play each other, which is kind of bullshit. But it, it's just kind of how it goes. See, this this is a little different than than um, uh, Alex your run last year, where it was just one team. Uh, it, it's just the Vancouver Canucks just beating everybody, and oh, lo and behold. Um, they're gonna beat the the Blackhawks, shocker, shocker. There, so he gets to keep it for even longer, which is just a pain in the ass. Um, Alex, please talk to the Red Wings about about Thursday. They need to win. Like it's a must win here. So anything to say? Like, you, you, are you, you like they probably listen to the podcast? You want to give them a little pep talk? Yeah, uh, Patrick, you're off the IR, Captain <laughs> Fake Fake Captain America. Because TJ Oshie is not really TJ Oshie anymore. I, uh, 
I would really love to be back-to-back uh, champs in this. So Detroit, figure it out. You lost mm-hmm. the Crusty Championship game. This is your time. Red Wings, <laughs> bring it, it back done. around. I believe in you. Get it done. James, 45 days. Alex, 31 days. Tyler, 26. And I'm a lowly 17. Nicely done. Yeah. So <laughs> um, it's all, all fucky luck. <laughs> it is. It My is. God, you were giving me so much shit at the beginning when you drafted it. You were like, you have all East teams. And I was like, I have all winners. That's what I got. <laughs> I, I will. Right. Hey, to give myself a little bit of credit, my second to last pick was the Winnipeg Jets, who have been fantastic. They've just, it's never worked so, that direction. So what's interesting, guys, and I know we're like, we're, we're really making this a long thing, and I'm sorry. Um, last year's uh, eighth round pick for uh, for Alex was the uh, was the Devils, who won him the thing. Yep. And James's this year was the Vancouver Canucks, who have been absolutely amazing and are winning him the the in season cup. So it's it's, it's the eighth round, round, round pick. Guy. <laughs> yeah. It's the eighth round pick that matters the most. Is clearly. Magic. Um, all right. Well, let's get uh, let's get into it. So uh, the big news of the weekend. Uh, I don't know if you guys live under a rock, uh, but uh, fireworks fireworks occurred on uh, on Saturday, uh, hockey night in Canada uh, between the Ottawa. Senators and the Toronto Maple Leafs, um, some of our favorite teams, um, and 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 I want to talk about it because it 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 obviously Toronto. Uh, it, whenever something like this happens around Toronto, it's a bigger deal than it actually is. Um, and I just want to get the guys' thoughts on it uh, because it was quite interesting. So, um, are, the Toronto Maple Leafs are losing. Uh, to the Ottawa Senators in what is known as the Battle of, of Ontario, which has not really been very big as of late because of the Ottawa Senators, you know, not so greatness. Um, but nonetheless, it 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 reignited, it reignited over the weekend. Um, Ridley Gregg was co- going down on a breakaway empty netter, and he gets two feet almost touching the crease, and he just lays a clapper, a full-on clapper right into the back of the net to which Morgan Riley took exception. Uh, defensive Morgan Riley then uh, proceeded to completely take to completely follow him along the boards and take a stick, take a stick to his head, and um, and that just ignited everything. And now the Battle of Ontario is back because of a single empty net goal. Uh, the the fireworks erupted on Twitter. The fireworks erupted in the media, and Morgan Riley was assessed a five game suspension that came down today uh he had an in, in-person hearing so we knew it could be at least five games um and it, and it could have been more um uh, i just want to ask about this whole thing uh james i'm going to start with you just your whole thoughts so it started i'm going to i'm asking you from from the incident from uh from ridley's uh perspective from morgan riley's perspective the the media ate it up toronto fans ate it up ottawa fans ate it up and here we sit, Morgan Riley, with five, with a five-game sussy. What is your thoughts about this whole thing? Well, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a newer-ish, more than you guys, like hockey fan. So I, I didn't see an issue with the slap shot. Like, what is the equivalent of that in football? Like, that, um, do you do you remember when? Do you okay? Here's a perfect example. Do you remember when um, in the regular season of the NFL? I think it was um, uh, Atlanta. I don't know who Atlanta was playing, but the the team set up for a victory formation, but then they but then they scored anyway. Saints, same yeah. thing. The Jameis Winston thing, same thing. Okay, he, yeah. I mean, like the thing is, there it's an empty netter. Like, how does it matter how he's going to score? He's going to score regardless, right? Like, what? It would have been more. St- it, I would have been more pissed had he just like celebrated before he had put the puck in the back of the net, <laughs> or if he had just like taunted them and waited right at the crease for somebody to come get it and then he shot it in. That's what I'd be more pissed about, right? But a slap shot, what if he just wanted to practice? What if Ridley was like, I need to practice my slap shot a little bit more. So let me just knock this one in and see what happens kind of deal. Uh, again, I don't know what's going on there. But for Morgan Riley to do what he did, being such an integral part of this Maple Leafs team on offense and on defense, because he scores a lot of points. Like he, he is somebody that this Maple Leafs team needs to play on a daily basis to win. Because they, they need a playoff spot. And like they're fighting for that playoff spot. For him to do something like that, on a goal that was going to go in anyway, like an uncontested goal that was going to go in anyway, for him to do something like that, it, it rubs in the wrong way. Like if it was sticking up for somebody who got hurt, let's say like Austin Matthews just got pummeled and he's out for a couple of weeks, then I would see his, his actions being justified. 
I could see him sticking up for an injured teammate. But for a goal that was going to go in anyway, whatever, man, like you lost. Like, I know you're pissed off because you lost, but damn, bro, like you don't get have to get a five-game sussy out of that, bro. Like, what is the point of that? You're just hurting your team. You're not sticking up for anybody. And maybe you're sticking up for the NHL because now the battle of, of uh, Ontario is now in play again. So maybe, maybe it's part of the script. You know, Mahomes and the Chiefs have the script every single year. Maybe this is part of the NHL script, you know? Uh, but at the end of the day, yeah, I don't get why he did that. And I don't understand why it's a big, that big of an issue. But that's just me being a New York fan. Yeah, it, it's tough. Um, the, the code was definitely broken when he did it. I mean, when I saw it, I was like, you're a fucking idiot. You're, you're asking for a hit. I did not think that the hit to the head is definitely over the line. Like, I definitely think it's over the line. But I think something was going to happen. And if if uh, Ridley thought that he was going to get away with that with nothing, um, I guess he probably would be expecting it. And James, to your to one point I will make, if this is any other team that has heart, that shows heart every single night, I think I think I agree with you that um, you know it, it probably is over the top for for Morgan Riley to do anything. But this is the first time that that it seems like the Toronto Maple Leafs actually cared, and I think that that meant something to to the Toronto to the Toronto fans. Regardless, I think I agree with you. It's probably it's stupid that he had to go down that path, but at least they had a pulse, uh, <laughs> which is nice to see. Alex, uh, five games, uh, five games, Sussy. Obviously, you. You've been around hockey a little longer than James has. What are your thoughts? Was the code broken? And maybe you can give the NBA version of what uh, this would be like. Yeah, I've thought about this a lot. Um, So the NBA version in my mind is you're up by 10 plus and there's, you know, three seconds left and you, you shoot a half court shot and hit a three or you're, you're up by a little bit and it like five, five to seven points. And your backup backup is in and he goes for like a 360 dunk as the time expires. And that's sort of the thing. It's like, it's the, it's the showboat thing, but we've, we've talked about this with baseball a lot where like the pimping, the home runs, we're all into that now. And like, I'm kind of in on this, like, <laughs> I, like as, as an, a somewhat old school hockey fan, like I get it that you're not about it. And if it was say like Toronto, coyotes it may have not been as big of a deal i think i think morgan riley went to went too far with the hit you can't go to the head and i i don't even like i've watched the replay a fair amount of times i don't really know if he meant to because he kind of went shoulder head if you like really look into it um so like i'm kind of into the slap shot (laughs) because i think it's fun and like there's nothing wrong with fun especially with the hockey with, with hockey trying to like Get kind of get rid of fights. And like to be fair, hockey's trying to like very, very much so trying to get rid of head injuries, which is the same thing football did. And I think that's a good thing for the sport because like concussions are no joke, and that's something that we should be cognizant of. But like it's fun. I think Morgan Riley at the same time, like, can react like that. You just can't hit him in the head. And that that's kind of my point. And like we've seen we've seen guys in the NBA do this. Somebody hits a three in the last two seconds. And it fucks up James's over under on total points. And then he gets, <laughs> yeah. which is like, is a whole other thing, but like, so I'm, I'm, I'm kind of in on both, both sides. Just do it in a way that like, no one's going to get hurt. And it's also fun. If that, if that all kind of yeah. makes sense. No, it does. Um, I, honestly, honestly, I actually like, I actually liked the reaction, but I didn't like, I, I guess I should, I like that there was a reaction. I didn't like the reaction. Does that make sense? I like the execution of the reaction. Right. The execu- yeah, like, yeah. If, if you if he had just there. went up and punched him in the face, I think that this is a non-issue. Like it's 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 yeah. it's the fact yeah. it was a forceful cross check to the head, and that's what created this whole thing. The slap shot. I actually love that you guys have a different opinion than me because I think it's fucking ridiculous that that would happen. But then again, I'm also the guy that's championing the uh, the pimping of the home runs, and I really don't care about the 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 touchdown uh, from victory formation. So I guess I'm a hypocrite in that sense, and I'm and I admit that. Uh, but <laughs> but you know what? If if it makes if it makes the game more fun to watch, I I'm I'm all for it, Tyler. Uh, your thoughts about this whole thing, and also what is the MLB or baseball's version of the same thing? Yeah, I think we kind of you know a pimp home run is definitely one of them, but I would say even more so, it's kind of like when you're up by a lot of runs and you're sealing. You know, if you're up by ten runs and you're 
you know, trying to steal bags, you know, kind of take the extra base. It's just kind of unnecessary effort when you're already up by a lot. It's the ninth inning. Like, why are, why are we putting so much effort when you're already won? It's kind of just, there, there, there's, you know, the right way to win, the right way to lose, right? Um, so every sport has those unwritten rules of, you know, what, what's the right way to do it when you're in that situation. Uh, with this particular case, I kind of agree with what um, Alex was. I kind of like both ends of it. I, I liked uh, really Greg's, you know, slap shot with, with you know, right in front of the net. I think that was an emotional game for them. Um, I think it, it was an emotional part. It, it added flair and emotion to uh, a great ending to that game. Um, and I loved Morgan Riley's reaction. I think, I think obviously like getting showboated like that when you're, you know, a team that's already kind of struggling to, uh, find some fight and to, you know, lose on an empty netter when you probably had a good chance to, 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 to tie up there late, you're frustrated and you're trying to, you know, put in and try to, if someone shows you up and disrespects you, you know, you should respond. And I think that that's a good thing. I think, I think having that conflict in that way is exciting for fans. And I think it was certainly when I watched it, I was like, Oh, here we go. This is like exciting. And it, it, it makes you tune in more, but yes, I also agree with you. The, the way it was executed probably could have been better. Um, uh, you know, cross check to the head is never the right way to go about it. You know, um, he could have, you know, gave him a little bit of uh physical altercation, but maybe in a safer way. It sounds kind of silly to say that, that out loud, but I think there was certainly a better way to go about it. Um, but yeah, I like, like I, I agree kind of with Alex. I, I, I like both ends of it. Um, I, I think it just made it exciting. It was a fun, um, altercation, obviously, you know, just wish it wouldn't have been to the head there, especially it was to the head and to the glass. Like that was like, could have been a, it could have been a lot worse than what it, it ended up being. So played a little bit safer next time on Riley's end. But other than that, like, I think this is good stuff. It's good stuff. It's a, it's the emotions guys. And I say this all the time, bring the fucking hate back. <laughs> Make hockey hate again. Like make <laughs> make 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 players just hate each other, and that's how you do it. Uh, Stu, if anybody wants to sit here and say that Ridley Greg did not know what he was doing, I I have some ice to sell you up in, in Alaska. He knew exactly what he was doing. Um, he just need he may just have um, not been prepared for the full on headshot. I don't think he was expecting that, but um, he knew exactly what he was doing. So, um, the Battle of Ontario was back, and we are all the better for it. Uh, let's move on to uh, the Metro- Metropolitan Division. Uh, James is not going to like this uh, segment because he hates this team. Um, but holy fuck, this team, guys. It, it might be uh, making us uh, uh, eat some crow here already after after we just predicted that they weren't going to make the playoffs. All of us expected them to not make it. And then they rattle off four in a row. That is none other than the Philadelphia Flyers. We were worried about the Philadelphia Flyers because they lost Carter Hart to the whole, um, you know, 2018 Team Canada incident. Um, he is being charged, and we're, that's that's where I'm going to leave it there. Um, he is not part of the team, and that is that. But that has not stopped the Philadelphia Flyers. The Philadelphia Flyers have just decided to, eh, I think we can, I think we can manage this, um, and 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 here we are. Um, they're 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 moving along, and uh, and they've just rattled off four in a row. Um, and they're not against the the they're not against some shitty teams here. We're talking we're talking wins against uh, we're, we're talking wins against uh, Seattle, which I know is not the not the best of teams, but it's it's still it's still a team. Um, the the Winnipeg Jets and the Florida Panthers, who in my opinion are the the class of the East. Um, I'm going to start with you, Alex. I mean, look. The, the, John Tortorella has these guys, you know, going and and it, and it's clearly working. Uh, they may not be the most consistent, but but they're fighting their ass off. They're they're working hard and and they're finding the results. And they only let in, let me count here: two, three, four, five, six, seven goals in four games. Which for a team that lost Carter Hart is not that, you know, is is pretty pretty remarkable. What are your thoughts on the Flyers? And maybe should we be be rethinking them? You know, the rest of the way. Yeah, it is kind of insane what a week will do to a hockey team in the NHL. Yes, they didn't go on an Oilers-esque run, but like we were ready to count them out. They had lost, what, six in a row when we recorded last week or something? And and then the Carter Hart situation came, and we were all like, the only reason that they're in this position to begin with is because Carter Hart is becoming who we thought he would be, and and Torts is kind of like doing a Torts-esque thing. And Torres has had a very up and down career. Let's be let's be honest about that. He will lead teams to highs and bring them down to lows. That's kind of his deal. Um, he's kind of a polarizing coach for sure. 
like I don't I don't want to get too like excited about a four game win streak. Like y- yes, they they beat good teams, and I I don't know if it's more of like the Flyers are playing well enough to get themselves into the playoffs, or the teams that we are expecting to make a push to get in are just not making that push. Like we, we all of us regurgitated the Penguins last week. And now they've fallen off and they're eight points back or whatever. And like, it's sort of the same situation as like, do we believe in the Flyers? Because it's now this like big win streak from the Flyers. The Penguins have just, they went from four points back to like nine points back, whatever they're at. Like, I want to, I want to believe in the Flyers, but like you look at their roster and you're just like, it doesn't make sense. No. But at the same time, like, yeah, let's do it, Flyers. What's <laughs> wrong? Like, I like that shit's so fun in sports. Like being proved wrong about a team, and them going on a run. You know, we talk about that with the Packers all year. Like, not not a chance. Then they beat the Cowboys, almost beat the Niners. But like, like I'm trying to be as unbiased as possible. Like seeing teams make runs like that is fun. So like, I'm kind of all in on the Flyers now. Uh, go for it. Like. Just have fun. No one expects it of you, and that's awesome. No one expects it of you, and that is a scary position to be in, Tyler. Uh, when when a when a team is up and coming, it is scary. And I kind of I, I kind of look at this team as the, uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks this year. I'm not saying that Arizona they're going to make the Stanley Cup final, although they could. We don't know, uh, but they have that kind of vibe. Like it's a team that's like, oh wow, they're they're coming out of nowhere. No one really expected them to do anything, and lo and behold, they make the World Series. Uh, the Philadelphia Flyers are are in a playoff spot and they're winning games against good teams and they're finding ways to defend. What are your thoughts? Is this is this team for real at all? <laughs> yeah, uh, the the Diamondbacks is a good comparison. I think you know it's like uh, every every sport of year has that one team that just for some reason it unexpectedly just just goes on a run like this. And you know the Flyers have been a little bit roller coaster. I think even before that six game losing streak, they were on like a five or six game winning streak. And now they lost. So they're just, they're kind of very, they're very streaky. Yeah. But looking at the numbers of this team, like there's, you know, they got some good, good players. I think, you know, their defense is solid, but I mean, offensively, they have trouble scoring goals. Their power play is like second to last in the league. Like those are just not numbers that you typically see with success in the National Hockey League. And yet they're winning games and they have, they, and they're, they're, they're sitting pretty and they're there in the division right now. It's it's you look at those other teams that you know on on the, on the on the bottom looking up, you know none of them are really taking a step forward. And you know I think they might have a perfect combination of kind of overachieving and teams under them underachieving. And that may be how this the the these last few weeks play out here. Um, I'm still not a hundred percent sold. Um, I'm like I said I, I agree with Alex. I'm for it. Like I think it's exciting. It's fun, but. Um, I'm still not like convinced that they're a lock for a, a, a playoff spot. I'm, I still think there's a, there's a lot of season left, and as I mentioned, they are very streaky. Like, what if that their offense is already kind of cold? What if it just goes ice cold the rest of the rest of the season? They could be in some trouble. Um, so I'm, I'm not my confidence with them being able to finish strong is is low, but uh, I'm definitely not counting them out. Yeah, definitely not counting them out. Indeed, James um, Samuel Erson, Swedish goaltender, 24 year old, is the is is asked is being asked to do quite a bit for this team. Um, he has a career save percentage of nine hundred one over forty games, and I really I'm I'm of the mind that you really can't make you can't judge too much about a goaltender until they've actually played a full hundred games. But he's not there yet. But he's looking good so far, and he's actually looked really good since Carter Hart went down. What are you, what's your faith level in Samuel Erson? It's it's uh, it's like average, right? He, he's not jumping out of the paper for me like cool they won four games in a row cool they won letting seven goals or whatever you said um but it's still some guy who's only played 40 games in the nhl it's really hard to judge that like you said off that and to speak to their win streak here it's yeah they've won four games in a row but it's coming off the all-star break and to me like coming out of the all-star break is kind of like the witching hour like teams are really so teams that are good are now bad and teams that are bad are not good it's it's hard to find the groove again and find momentum again, even though there's no momentum in hockey court training, uh, after playing, not playing hockey for so damn long, right? Like Oilers, for example, won, won 16 straight. Then they lose to the Knights right after All-Star break. And then they they lose to the Kings, who then lose by seven goals. 
Like that's, that's what's happening. I don't feel like that needs to be brought up. Yeah, I don't know why that's being brought up. <laughs> well, he got brought up. But the fact of the matter is, like right now at this stage of the NHL, right after All Star break, there is no logist. There's no logicalness to it. It's like people are still trying to refine. It's like the beginning of the season again. Like you can go on a huge run at the beginning of the season, and it doesn't really account for that much just yet. If the, if the Flyers continue to play this well for the next week and a half, I'm not going to say this week because I only have two games this week. Then I'll start to believe in them. But it's been four games after the All-Star break and they've won all four. Great. Can you continue going forward when all the other teams have figured out how to play hockey again? Can you re- can you win against teams that are good who are supposed to be good? That's what I want to know because really they've only beat two teams that are supposed to be good right after the All-Star break. The first two games after the All-Star break, they beat the Jets and, and the Panthers. Then they beat the Kraken and then they beat the Yotes. Like that, that's what's happening right now. So I need to see what happens in the next one and a half weeks. Thinking to continue this, Great. Then the Flyers have a shot. But until they do that in the next week and a half, I'm still out on the Flyers. And I'm out on Samuel Harrison. Fair, fair enough. Um, they have they have a, a, the, the next slate of games. They have the Maple Leafs Thursday. They have the Devils on Saturday in MetLife Stadium. That is a huge game for them, especially because I at this point, fuck the Islanders. I'm, o- I'm over them. I'm out on them. The Devils are coming back. I think we need to be a little bit worried about the Devils if you're in the Metropolitan Division. But the thing going for the Flyers, guys, the only thing I'll say here uh, to end it, they're in a weak division. And I think that that may play into their uh, into their chances. I do not think that they're going to do much at the deadline, nor should they. Um, I think they just stay pat. And, and I think that they even are sellers still because they're still a rebuilding team. But Torts is going to say, hey, if we make the playoffs, fuck, that's great. Let's do it. Um, and um, I do think that um, Torts is going to be handed the key to the city eventually because fucking he's carrying this whole the whole sports vibe around the uh, around Philly on his fucking back at this point. Um, and I love that. Um, okay, so let's get into marquee matchups. Two marquee matchups are actually going to be the stadium series games. And holy shit. The Oilers just scored a touchdown um, after a horrible, horrible second period. Um, <clears throat> the marquee matchup I have before the stadium series games, which there are two on Saturday and Sunday. First, we're going to talk about Los Angeles at Boston. Uh, for uh, before, I guess before I get there, let's talk about the the the, uh, the the records here. James, you're 15 and 12. You had a solid, solid, um, solid, solid week. Tyler, you two are 15 and 12. Alex had the roughest week this week, only taking one. And you're 13, 14, Uh, and I'm 14 and 13. So uh, Tyler and Alex, you guys tied and stay where you are. Um, And I think I tied with you guys. Both all all of us got two, except um, except uh, uh, Alex there. So, all right, let's move on. We got L.A. at Boston. Um, Big Alex, since you since you didn't really like that James brought up the whole L.A. seven gold thing, so. yeah, who you got for the at at the Garden? LA is going to the Garden. Yeah, I refuse to pick the Bruins, so it is the Los Angeles Kings. Um, <laughs> Trevor Moore with a goal. Okay, all right, I'll give you extra points. No, I won't. But uh, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a high five. Something crazier. Okay, Trevor Lewis with a goal. Do I get? <laughs> can I get like a brownie point? If, I, if I feel like you got to get a brownie point. Brownie yeah. point. Brownie point. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, James. Um, LA in the Garden. Um, I refuse to pick the Kings here, so uh, I got Boston. And uh, my goal pick is going to be Jeremy Spoon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, Tyler, I assume you're taking the Kings here, bud. Yeah, um, not as confident about that as I was earlier in the day. Um, I, was, I was like, fuck, yeah, go Kings, go. And then I'm like, oh, motherfucker. But uh, my goal pick, uh, Quinn Byfield, just for kicks and gigs because we're all doing it. Uh uh, I'll, I'll take the Boston Bruins here and um, I'd like to see a Hampus Lindholm goal. That'd be kind of fun. Um, okay. Stadium series, MetLife Stadium. All three New York slash New Jersey teams are playing uh, first on Saturday. Tune in, guys. It's going to be sweet. Uh, Philadelphia is taking on the Devils in the first of the stadium series games at MetLife Stadium. James, who do you got? Philly at New Jersey. Uh, I'm still going the Devils on this one because I don't believe in Philly. You don't believe in Philly. All right. I like it. Uh, Tyler. Devils. The New Jersey Devils as well. You think that home ice is going to be, uh, is going to be uh, uh, defended. And what about you, Alex? 
Yeah, uh, my New Jersey Devils, Jack Hughes scores another goal. He's been on a tear since he's come back. All right. I am going to take the Flyers. I'm, I'm, yeah. I, 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 I want to be different, and I think the Flyers can do it. Um, they, they're looking pretty good right now. Um, the New York, the Battle of New York at MetLife Stadium. What, what better way to round out the stadium series for the season than take than the Rangers taking on the Islanders? Let's start with you, Tyler. I'm gonna go with the New York Rangers. New York Rangers. Uh, James. Or, I'm sorry, Alex. Alex. Okay. No, James. What are you gonna say? What Tyler said, word for word. All right. Perfect. Then ignore both of them, Islanders. The New York Islanders. Um, I honestly don't. I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say the the Rangers here because um, the Rangers have looked much better, and Igor Shosturkin may be back to form. He had a good shutout. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be too premature on that, but he's looking much better. And Jonathan Quick literally saved them their series season, guys. Like Jonathan Quick just turned back the clock and what an unbelievable season. I have a bone to pick with you about that. I okay. asked last week during the marquee matchups, is Jonathan Quick gonna start? You told me you didn't know, and then he started and I picked against them because you didn't know, and then they won. So I feel like I should get a plus one because if he had started, I would have picked him, but you lied to me. Just put that out there. Uh, you know what? We'll we'll take it. We'll take it to Toronto. We'll have the discussion, uh, I, I, or I or, or I'll be put on a on a on a one week sussy where I don't get Deal. any points. Deal. No, uh, I won't do that. That's okay. I just thought it was funny that I was like, "Fuck, he's starting!" And no, God damn it, they dude, won. He's been so <laughs> good. I think that that's the story. Um, I think I think there's a comeback player this season. Um, it, it's got to go to quick guys. I fucking love Quiggy. Uh, got gotta love it, but uh. That's all I have for hockey this week. Uh, hope you guys enjoy the Stadium Series games. Um, they're going to be fun. Yeah, the Stadium Series is going to be great. It's uh, the ice is much better than the turf. Speaking from football experience here, we're <laughs> going to take a quick break. But when we return, Alex is going to take us to basketball. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, the NBA trade deadline just happened. So we're going to talk about that and buyouts as well. So, Alex, I saw you. Thank you, James. Um, I feel like we need to talk about your bets for the Super Bowl. We did not discuss that in the intro since you were hosting. How did your bets go? I lost 85 bucks. Fuck. Mm. Well, that's a bummer. All right. Well, well 105. My bad. I forgot. Well, 105. Okay. Well, I, okay, James, I am sorry for you, but this kind of works into what we're going to do. So we're going to start negative and we're going to work our way up to positive. So the NBA trade deadline slash buyout signings just happened. Going to be honest, it was not as exciting as last year. If you remember last year, I, I just rattled off like 30 guys in 10 seconds and all their new teams. Not quite as exciting this year. So we're just going to talk winners and losers. No, wait, losers and winners. Because we're gonna we're starting negative, we're moving positive. So I asked the boys to pick a loser of the trade deadline. Again, it could be a team, a player, whatever they decide. Um, Tyler, we'll start with you. All right, my loser so, is loser. Is the, yeah. loser sorry, yeah, you're good. Uh, my loser is the Chicago Bulls. Um, I think they had a lot of guys that were definitely available to be traded. I think this is a team that really is not going in any direction. Um, you know, in terms of you know their um, expectations and you know are they a contending team are they not a contending team they've kind of been in this weird middle ground for a few seasons now they had a lot of good pieces that a lot of teams could have wanted they probably could have gotten a lot of return for that and they did absolutely nothing so a uh, team that's go- that went with that was going no direction stays in that just kind of in a spin cycle and just not going anywhere so Chicago Bulls for me are the, are the big losers yeah the Chicago Bulls I saw some stat they have not made a trade deadline deal in the last three years which is surprising just even if it's just like a their 12th guy on your team for like a second round pick like nothing doesn't help Zach Levine got hurt and is out for the season or decided to go through surgery because he was kind of their biggest piece but the fact they didn't trade um Caruso or DeRozan for like something is very surprising so they were definitely on my list as well Chicago oof brutal uh trading at least you have Connor Bedard right <laughs> but who, who's your who's your loser 
in the NBA trade? Um, it's most definitely the Chicago Angels, Los Angeles Bulls, the team that has fantastic players but decides not to do anything. They're going to lose them at the de- uh, lose them in the offseason, and they're going to go nowhere. And they're a middling team that doesn't do anything, so they can't go up, they can't go down. And you just not what you want to be in a, in a in a cap situation. That was a lot to say, but fuck the Bulls were horrible once again. Um, so that's my main one. I also do want to, uh, shout out another disappointment for me as a fan of this team, Golden State Warriors. Uh, they didn't, a failure to make a move, I think is a bit of a disappointment because this team not built for championship and, and you're going to, you're, you're going to take a one year older Clay Thompson, one year older Chris Paul, one year older Steph Curry and try to make this work. I mean, yeah, they looked okay the last few d- games, but they're they're just not there, and to not make a move um, is a problem. However, I know that that I know that that's not going to fix their issues. They have many, many deeper issues than that. But I would have liked to see them kind of go forward, especially because to me, Steph Curry is like a is like a um, you know Steph Curry. I wouldn't. I'm not going to say Clay Thompson, but kind of Clay Thompson is kind of that you know um, that Sidney Crosby side type of situation. If you have him, go for it before he before he ages out. I traded, I agree with you. The Warriors were on my list. Um, yeah, it's a, you have a LeBron James, you have a Sidney Crosby, you have a Patrick Mahomes. I mean, obviously Patrick Mahomes is not that old. You have a Broncos, Peyton Manning, you go for it. Like you, you make that, you make that push. Um, yeah, I would have loved them see, do something, kind of go one direction. Obviously they've, they've played well. This last, uh, you know, two weeks or so to kind of push themselves back into that play and contention, which we nailed on the uh, on the tier list. So shout out to us for that one. But I agree. I, I was a little disappointed the Warriors didn't do something um, positive or negative for the future, I guess. Um, but James, what do you got? Losers for the NBA trade deadline slash buyout. I got the Portland Trailblazers for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the team that is not good. They are the second worst team in the West. Yet they have some players that other teams want, like Jeremy Grant, who is a great scorer, or Malcolm Brogdon, who is a great point guard that can facilitate an offense, who are both in their 30s at this point. So you're not going to build around them. Why did you keep them? They're not going to be in the plans like, for your future. Why did you keep them? You should have traded them away for some draft capital or young up-and-coming stars, but you're keeping them to do what? Just to, to, to just retire and die in Portland? Because that's what's happening. James, I agree with you completely. I feel like when we discussed the Trailblazers as part of our season preview, we looked at those two guys specifically, Brogdon and Grant, and said they're going to get traded at the deadline. They're going to get some sort of draft capital back, and they will go to a contending team who's looking to make a push. It is surprising that neither one of them got traded. I think that's sort of the Trailblazers and the Bulls are sort of the overview of this NBA trade deadline where you're like, kind of nothing happened. Like the Siakam trade went down, which was great, at least something. And then it was a whole lot of kind of like, eh, like we had to talk about Terry Rozier for all, for fuck's sake. Like there was kind of nothing going on. Um, I'm going to go specifically one player for my loser and it's Grant Williams. He went from signing with the Dallas Mavericks thinking, okay, we're going to compete for a playoff spot, compete for a uh, championship to them being shipped off to Charlotte where you're probably not sniffing the playoffs until the, the third letter, the third number in the uh, year gets to a three. That's a 2030 is what I'm getting at. Charlotte's a long way off. And that's what you, that's what you came at. So that's, that's kind of a bummer for him. Um, Also on a little bit, the Washington wizards, I'm a little surprised Jordan Poole's still there. I'm a little surprised Kuzma's still there. Kind of came out today that Kuzma decided, he didn't want to go to Dallas and wanted to build in Washington, which seems like a strange decision to make, but like to each their own, I guess. Um, so those are the losers. We're moving back into the positives. James, I'm going to come right back to you. So we're going to go back in the same direction. Who's your winner of the NBA trade deadline team, buyout, player, whatever you want? I I really like what the Thunder did at the trade deadline. And that was acquired Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward isn't a big name anymore like he was when he signed with the Celtics. <clears throat> but he is still good enough to shoot the three ball and space the floor. And Thunder got him. And this is a contending, up-and-coming, fast-paced, really good offensive team who just added to their arsenal. And he can stretch that floor really well. And that means Josh Giddy can not have to take dumb threes anymore. You can put him out there instead. 
And he's not as fast as he used to be, but he doesn't have to play 30 plus minutes a night. He'll play maybe 20 and just hit at the occasional three, and then you're good. And that's what they need him for. You're adding depth to a team that's already good, that's trying to make a push. I love that move. James, I agree with you 100%. He was on my list, or and specifically the Thunder. And they're a, they're a crazy young team, and just adding that veteran presence is a crazy big positive. And you're right. He does not have to be... He's not the guy. He doesn't have to be the guy. He doesn't have to be like the fourth guy, which is awesome for him. He can go to a contending team, help push them into the playoffs, and hopefully you know further on for OKC. So that's awesome. Yeah, 10 out of 10. Traded, what about you? NBA trade deadline winner. James, who'd you say your your not good one was? The Trailblazers. Trailblazers. Okay, good. Because I, I I thought I we picked the same one, and I was going to go on the good side <laughs> of this one, but we have a different one. Um, mine is not a team that's going to contend. It's actually the opposite. Okay, it's, it's the exact opposite of exactly what the the uh, Bulls should have done. So Charlotte Hornets, guys. The Charlotte Hornets were sneaky fucking good. So smart. Um, uh, that Terry Rozier deal, I think, is going to be huge. Uh, I, you know, at, at the end of the day, they got a lottery protected 2027 you know pick um that becomes unprotected in 2028 the miami the, the miami may not be that good in 2027 with jimmy butler really getting old and so it might it might be unprotected anyway uh uh so that that's pretty or it might be a pretty solid pick anyway um or or it's gonna you know or in 2028 they're gonna be horrible and they're gonna get like a really high pick you know you that that's that would be really huge. Uh, the Gordon Hayward trade was, I think, huge. Uh, they didn't, you know, that guy was going to walk, and they and they got great asset or a great asset out of Trey Mann for that promising asset. Anyway, uh, I just think that they made play made moves. I know we talk about the Charlotte Hornets, and I know uh, you know they're they're not the sexiest to talk about on this podcast, but just what the what this team has done to set themselves up for the future, knowing that they're not going to contend is exactly what we ask of you to do when you're bad. They went all in on, on being bad. And that is good. You, you have set yourself up with first round picks and promising prospects and a a swath of a a swath of young talent that in the future, we could be talking about the Charlotte Hornets on the other side um, of the, of the, uh, yeah, you know, ranking charts that we uh that we that we made, you know, a few weeks ago. So I love that. I I love that I I love that they embraced how bad they are and are are looking to not be that way in 3 4 years. Yeah, traded. I I love that cuz it's not it's not always who do you gain, it's how do you set yourself up for the future. And I think the Hornets as a team that we put into the Either who cares or booty cheeks, I don't remember. But either way, they're in those bottom two tiers. They're not competing this year. We looked at them a couple of years ago when they made made the uh, the playoffs or whatever. It's been like, okay, it's time for them to take that step. They didn't make that step. They took multiple steps back. And now that they can kind of build around LaMelo and Brandon Miller and then move forward with all these picks. And yes, it may still be a little bit, but they are at least trying to position themselves to go in the right direction years from now. Again, you got to hit on your draft picks, which is which is hard to do. But if you hit on those, this team, they're trying to do what OKC did four or five years ago. And obviously we're seeing that kind of come to fruition now. And if it works out for the Hornets, that's fantastic. If it doesn't work out, they're going to look like morons. We'll see what happens. But I agree with you. I think they did a great job. Tyler, we're wrapping it back around with you. You started with the negative. We're going back to the positive. Who is your winner? Unfortunately, I'm going with the Boston Celtics. Um, I think the the, the two trades that they got with uh, Xavier Tillman and Jaden uh, Springer, I think were two great complementary pieces that uh, add to the defensive talent of this team and, and just increase the depth. A team that's obviously looking to win an NBA championship. I thought those were two really, really good uh, pickups and they, they're cementing themselves as you know definitely one of the favorites to win an NBA championship this season. Um, they they went out, completed their team, and now they're ready to go on on a on a championship run. We'll see if it works out for them, but I but I, I thought both of those moves were very good. Yeah, the Celtics were kind of one of those teams that didn't need to make a huge splash. Just sort of a let's solidify our roster. We're already looking like the top team in the East. Let's keep that going. Kind of get some depth pieces for sure. Um, I, I like that as well. The only one, I mean, we kind of talked about it a while ago with the Knicks um, and OG Ananobi coming from the Raptors, but they also got Bojan Bogdanovic and Alec Burks. 
um, from the Pistons, and they just they sort of looked. I think I think the Knicks looked at the Eastern Conference and said, "All right, Joel Embiid is hurt. Who fucking knows what's going on in Milwaukee? They have not been great since since Doc came in. This is our time to kind of pounce." And the Knicks did a great job. They did a fantastic job. And assuming Julius Randle comes back healthy the Knicks are poised to make a deep playoff run, which is a sentence I didn't know I was actually capable of saying. So good on, good for you, Knicks. Um, we will see what I, I still think we look at Boston as that top tier, but the Knicks have really, really solidified themselves into that deep playoff frontier. So good for you. Um, good for you, Knicks. And then just shout out 76ers, buddy healed. It was time for you to get out of Indiana. Um, you're you, the Sixers finally have that kind of that, three-point shooter that they were looking for. That's not Tyrese Maxey. Additionally, adding Kyle Lowry, again, he's 37 years old, but brings a lot of experience. It's just all if Joel Embiid can stay healthy. But those the teams in the East, I think, did a really good job either going one direction or the other. Uh, the teams in the West, a little, little iffy, but the West is a fucking crapshoot, so we will see. Uh, okay, moving on to the marquee matchups. I deleted what we did last week, so I don't remember how we all <laughs> did. If I'm being completely honest, I won all three. I don't think you did. I, I, I lost all lost three. All three. Yeah, I did too. Um, all I know is everyone picked the Clippers, and I didn't, and the the Clippers lost. So that's the only one that I remember. And then doesn't matter. Um, but the uh, uh, the overall scores. Trade in 13 and 26, my dude. You are officially just one and two the whole the whole season. <laughs> That's how that matters. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, been, it's been brutal, my dude. Uh James, 17 and 22. Uh, I am 23 and 16, and then Tyler 26 and 13. So oh good job. God. Um Who knew? little 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 tough. Just like when Traden, we skipped when Traden skipped a week with the NHL All Star Game. The NBA All Star Game is coming up this weekend, um, and I just decided, fuck it, let's just go for it. So, first game we have Heat at Joel Embiid less Seventy Sixers. James loves the Miami Heat. Is he going for it? Yeah, even though they haven't been the best with Terry, uh, I'm still gonna go Heat. All right, James is going Heat. Tyler, I'm gonna go Sixers. Sixers. Uh, trading. Um, I'll go heat. All right. See, this is a real conundrum because I want to pick the 76ers, but I need to make ground on Tyler. So I'm going to go heat. That's good math. That is good math. (laughs) Uh, and then we have the Sacramento Kings going to Denver to take on the Nuggies. Uh, Tyler Kings at Nuggets. Nug Nugs. Nug Nugs. Uh, trading. Um, yeah, Nuggets. (laughs) All right. James. Kings. Kings. I'm on James's side there. Uh, the Kings have been playing well. I'm in on them. And then we have the Clippers, who kind of failed all of you, taking on the Warriors, who have won a fair amount of games in a row here. Traded. Warriors. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'll go with the Warriors here. Yeah, a boy. Uh, James. Also Warriors. Ty-Ty? Do Clippers. it. Ah, oh, you bitch. Sorry about it. Uh, I really... Uh, okay, I'm going to go Clippers. I don't like it because I want to make ground on Tyler. But I just can't trust the well, Warriors. You, so. you pick the opposite other two, so... That's a good point. That's a good point. Perfect. Then I'll go 3-0. Tyler, go 1-2. I'll make up some ground. <laughs> James, that's all I got. Thank you. And uh, me and Jaden will stay pat at being terrible and terrible. So that'll be no, fun. I, I believe in you guys. <laughs> it's kind of late. Yeah, if we can make 20, that'd be awesome. That's, you, that's like you'd never, do you want me to start picking more? We could do five. <laughs> like five marquee matchups to try to make up some ground. <laughs> we'll, still not, we'll still struggle to get to 20 because we suck the best. <laughs> um, that wraps up NBA and trade deadline. All-Star Weekend is coming up, and that'll be fun to watch. But we're going to take a quick break. But when we return, we are finally talking baseball for the first time in a very, 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 very long time. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, if you counted how many berries that was, the over-under set at 10 and a half. We'll see. We'll see what happens there. You guys can count. I'm not going to. Um, 
Tyler's finally going to come back to baseball, AL East to be precise here. We're going to talk good stuff, bad stuff, and over-under. What was the over-under gets assigned baseball from Tyler that will sell for 30 cents on eBay? So Tyler, I'll you. Hell yeah, that's prime memorabilia. Um, yes, we are about a month and a half away from MLB opening day, which is just great words. I love saying that word. Um, spring training has started um, for for a lot of clubs, um, and we're getting the sights and sounds of baseball once again, which is very very exciting. Um, as we do as always, uh, we got thirty teams to preview. Um, each each of the boys got ten teams that they have been assigned. Uh, we're going to go one division at a time. Uh, we're going to start with the American League East. Um, we're going to go through, you know, just one reason for hope, one reason for concern for each team. And then we'll go with the over under money lines and we'll see who wins, um, those at the end of the year. And like I said, it, it, it may be signed baseball, maybe something better. I don't know yet. TBD. We're, we're, we're going to keep that a little bit of a mystery. Um, so let's get, let's, let's, let's get it started. We're going to start with the defending American league East champions, the Baltimore Orioles, uh, shocked the world last year, winning 101 games. Um, no one expected them to win a division, but there they were, 101 game winners. Um, and at least champs, they ended up losing to the Rangers in the American League Division Series. Uh, their big offseason move was they traded for starting pitcher Corbin Burns, which really puts them, their, their pitching staff, in a really good position entering the year. Obviously, that that young core um, is, is still all there and it's only getting better. They have one of the best uh, farm systems in baseball. Um, so the Orioles um, heading in 2024 in a pretty good spot. But Alex, you have the Baltimore Orioles. One reason for hope and one reason for concern for Baltimore. Yes, reason for hope. We're a positive podcast. Uh, Corbin Burns. I mean, they've been looking for that number one starter all kind of all off season, and they got him. Um, you know, former Cy Young winner. He will he will come and sort of solidify the top of that rotation, which looks really really good now that you look at it. So Burns, Kyle Bradish, Grayson Rodriguez, who is the former former top prospect, John Means, who was sort of the first. Mm-hmm. Baltimore pitching prospect and is coming back from Tommy John, Dean Kramer, Cole, Cole Irvin. That's a really great top six. Um, you know, I think, and then, and then their, their lineup, you know, you're still looking at Adley. You're still looking at James's guy, Gunnar Henderson, Jackson holiday will be there sooner rather than later. Still have Cedric Mullins, Ryan O'Hearn, Anthony Santander. Like this lineup is ready to fucking mash cause of concern. Uh, uh, a pitcher coming into the AL East for the first season is always a little bit iffy. Um, and then kind of how will these, these, these baby birds, as I like to call them sort of transition into being um, almost underrated last year to being like your, you should win the division this year. Um, so the, the, I guess the pressure is a little bit, a, a cause of concern in Baltimore, but just like ride what you did last year, forget about the playoffs and just keep it going because like you guys are going to be you guys are going to be a powerhouse for years to come and that's awesome um so yeah baltimore like the, it's it's all kind of up in baltimore yeah it's it's first time in a long time they're kind of like entering a season i think last year we were kind of you know i think they probably might, might might make the playoffs but boy did they did they really pounce on the scene last last season and they're they should be rolling again they they, they added like you mentioned with with corbin burns um, they should be a very, very good team. Definitely expected to make the make the postseason. Uh, their over under is set at 90 and a half wins. Um, so Alex, we'll start with you. Are you over under 90 and a half? Okay, so they won 101 last year and they're going 10 and a half down. That's unless my math is wrong. That's crazy. So I'm going over. All right. Trading over under. Uh, I'm gonna take the under. Wow. Ballsy. The Love sentence it. reason. Um, this is a deep division. All right, that's fair enough. Uh, James, I got over ninety four. I'm also gonna go over. I I agree, Alex. I think that drop off is pretty crazy, especially since it's the same team and they even added more. I think I think they're easily a, a low to mid nineties team, easy. Um, all right, let's move on to the uh, second place finishers last year, the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, finished with 99 wins. It was it was a great battle for that AL East uh, between them and um, the Orioles. Um, they also lost to the Rangers, um, but except in, in the in, in the wild card round, um, didn't do a whole lot this offseason. Really, really nothing to note. Um, they kind of were a little bit quiet. Um, so it's just pretty much the same race team. Obviously, they have you know some guys dealing with some off field uh, 
issues back home, um, some injuries on the pitching staff. But James, one reason for hope, one reason for concern for the Tampa Bay Rays. I know we're a positive podcast here, but I'm going to start with the negative and be negative until I win $105 back. <laughs> so cause for concern. Their rotation is decimated. Tyler Glassnow was gone. Shane McClanahan is having Tommy John, is going to be out for the year. Uh, Drew Rasmussen is also going to miss part of the year. Like That is a major cause of concern with that pitching staff and that rotation won you a ton of games. That's an issue. Uh, cause, or reason for hope. The race team have always been good with the limited of things that they have. Like Them and numbers? Fantastic. How do they pull it off? I don't know, but math does. I'm not the biggest math guy, even though this is the math pod. But it is what it is. You know, they figured it out somehow and they're going to continue to do so. Like, for example, like who would have thought that Zach Eflin was going to be one of the best pitchers last year or that Andy Diaz was going to be third in OPS? I didn't. And like their math did. And so they put him in and boom, that's what happens. They always figure it out. That's what the Rays do on offense. And that's 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 what's going to happen this year. Probably. Hashtag Rays math. Um, yeah, I agree. The, the Rays just always see, they just do things so well. They have, they have their system. They have everyone that, that, that buys into that system. It's really hard to count them out, even though, you know, coming into this season, I agree with you, James, like their, your pitching staff doesn't look super heavy, even though they always seem to find arms. Um, and like offensively, like I don't, they, they had a pretty good year last year. Um, but can they re, re, repeat that again? I'm not so sure. Um, so yeah, this is this is a this is a this is a funky team. I'm just a team I'm not really sure how to feel about. Um, right now, they're over under set at 84 and a half, so they're just a little bit ab- above 500. So they definitely seem to be competitive, but maybe not quite that 99 win juggernaut that they were last year. So James, uh, at that 84 and a half, are you going over and over or under on the race? I'm going over 85. Okay, just to squeak over, uh, Alex. Yeah, just like how I hit the under on Brock Purdy by half a yard, I'm going to go the over on the Tampa Bay Rays, 85. Trading. I'll, I'll take the over here. I think 86. All right. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> there you go. I'm also going to go over just because it's the Rays and you just you, you can't really count them out despite what their, what their, roster, what their roster may look like. Um, moving on to the Toronto Blue Jays trade. I want to give you this team just because I thought it'd be funny if you covered a Toronto team. That's the only reason. Yeah, um, I actually, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Um, I actually, I actually, you know, I, I kind of root for the, the Toronto Blue Jays because my whole family's big Jays fans up in Canada. They are team Canada for baseball. So yeah, that's, they are team Canada. that's fair. Fair point. Um, cause for concern, everything. Um, they the the they have done nothing in the offseason. They failed to to sign Shohei Otani. They they failed to bring in um, Juan Soto, who was going to their bit of rival in New York. Um, and they really only kept the same team as best they could. And but that, uh, besides signing um, you know Justin Turner as DH, um, I know I know um, you know we we like Justin Turner. It's just it's we where this team does not this team just does not look built to compete against this deep uh, division. And what's even worse, what causes me for concern is the absolute uh, uh, bad feeling by the fan base. This fan base has turned on the Toronto Blue Jays uh, because they haven't done anything. They failed to they failed to do anything in the offseason and it's starting to ripple through the fan base. They're not excited for this season. They're it's the best of the best are cautiously optimistic that they could get back to the, the, the playoffs. The rest are just fucking done with them. And, and, uh, that is a problem that, that is a problem for a team that, uh, you know, for a city and a team that, you know, they, they deal with this shit in the winter and now they're going to have to deal with it in the summer. I don't think that, uh, I, I think that that's a considerable cause for concern on the flip side. I think it, I think there is a way to look at it as a sign of hope, even though they didn't do anything. I think the fact that everybody's writing them off now, even their own fan base to an extent, I think that that gives them some motivation to prove it. Um, This team has always been in the past few years, like a a Hollywood S type of team where, Oh my God, this team's going to go places. This team's going to be great. And the fan base and the fan base ate it up. And now they don't have that. They have to prove it. And I think that I think that that could bring a sense of urgency for this team, which we haven't seen. And um, and maybe I know that that's very intangible, and there's no stats or anything that I can that I can give you here. But I, that's because that's it. They didn't do anything. Um, and besides doing one thing, and I, and I get this is a, a cause for uh, a, a hope for the fans. 
fan base, especially, they added cup holders to the 100 uh, level bowl at Rogers Center, which is huge, huge, huge. Um, so at least the fans are getting something. There you go. I mean, you got to add to the fan experience somehow, um, even if it's not on the field. But yeah, obviously the offseason with that, with losing Shohei, with that whole fiasco that we talked about uh, a couple of months ago, uh, brutal for them. Uh, this is like a Blue Jays team that for the last couple of years, like the expectations have been big. A lot of people have picked this team to make the World Series in the last couple of years. Like that, that that's how big their expectations have been. And they have failed that quite a bit. Um you know they they just made the uh, postseason last year, lost in the in the first round to the to the, the Minnesota Twins. This trade, to your point, could be a make or break year in terms of what direction they might be going. A lot of those young players are are, are you know starting to you know run out of their team control years, and um, you know this it, it 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 could be a big season for Toronto either way. Um, their their uh, over under is set at eighty six and a half. What do you got, trading? I'm taking the under. Don't like them. Oof. James. I also got the under. I really didn't like how they didn't sign Matt Chapman. There's going to be a huge hole at third. Uh, Alex. I mean, Matt Chapman could come back and based on the cup holders, over. <laughs> I am also going to go over, even though I feel like every year I get disappointed by this Blue Jays team. I don't know. I'm, I'm still optimistic and we'll see what happens. Uh, let's moving on to the New York Yankees. Um, Last year, obviously, a very disappointing season. Uh, only won 82 games, finished in fourth place, missed the postseason. Uh, made a little bit of a splash in the offseason. Obviously, the the huge trade for outfielder Juan Soto. Um, and then they also signed starting pitcher Marcus Stroman as well. Um, so definitely added some, added some pieces there. Um, you know, a team that, you know, losing is not really an option there in New York, especially missing the, the, the postseason. Um so, Alex, you know, looking at this New York team, did they did did they do enough? One reason for hope, one reason concern for the Bronx Bombers. Yeah, reasons for hope. You could legitimately convince people that you have the best starting pitcher, right-handed bat, and left-handed bat in baseball in Garrett Cole, Aaron Judge, and Juan Soto. That's great. Reason of concern: the everyone else on your on your team. Uh, I mean, mo- mo- mostly it's health. If if the Yankees starting pitching can be healthy, Cole, Rodon, Stroman, Nestor Cortez, Clark Schmidt, like that's a pretty formidable top five. And then if you get bounce back years from Anthony Rizzo and Giancarlo Stanton and DJ LeMayhew, and then kind of some of those young guys kind of popping off, that's that's fantastic. It, that's a lot of ifs, I just said. The top three, I think we can trust Cole, Judge, and Soto. Those guys are going to do what they do. It would not surprise me if Judge and Soto take MVP votes away from each other at some point, but it's kind of the rest of that, which is a little concerning. And like we mentioned, this is a very good division. Um, but also, like you mentioned, Tyler, like the it's the Yankees. You don't you're you're not expected to lose. You're expected to make the playoffs. So a lot of positives, a lot of negatives. Probably one of the more polarizing teams kind of coming into 2024 here. Yeah, no doubt. Their their uh win line is at 93 and a half. Um, so expected to win the division, like I feel like they always are. Um, so Alex, what you got over and under at 93 and a half? Yeah. Um, that feels like a the MLB, like the the baseball numbers are tough. I'm gonna take the under. I think Baltimore is better than they are constructed right now. So I'm gonna take the under. I was fully prepared to take the over until trade and told me about the cup holders. So then <laughs> Those couple wins from Toronto is going to knock the Yankees down. There you go. Uh, Trading, what do you got on the Yankees? Uh, I got the over. I think that that embarrassing season is going to wake the giant. All right. Uh, James? I got the under on this one, just like Alex. It's uh, Like he mentioned, a lot of that offensive pop is at the very top of the lineup, and there's not much else. When injuries occur, and they will occur because it's the Yankees, that's going to take a huge hit. Now, I'm going under just because I like I agree with Alex. I think I like the Baltimore Orioles better than the Yankees. And I I so I think I still have them as my division winners. I think the Yankees will be a postseason team. Um, but I don't know if they're 12 wins better based off the moves from last year, this year that they've made so far. So I think that's just a little bit too big of a leap for me. Um, so I think they'll be right around 90-92. Um, moving on to our last team, the bottom feeders, um, the Boston Red Sox. Uh 78 and 84 last year. Like I said, missed, missed the postseason. Offseason, um, 
didn't do a whole lot. They they signed uh, Lucas Giolito. Um, that's pretty much it. Um, they've been criticized pretty heavily on the reason why they're not spending a lot of money, considering they're the Boston Red Sox and are probably have a top five payroll or should have a top five payroll uh, in, in all of baseball. Um, but James, any reason for hope for this team and reasons for concern? Yeah, I'm going to go back to reason for hope to begin because they spent $105, so I'm in the positive. <laughs> reason for hope. They have a relatively young, competitive lineup full of young bats. And typically, iron sharpers iron, and these guys are going to be competing for their jobs and their spots. So I think that that lineup, being as young as it is and as competitive as it is, along with Rafael Devers, who finally got paid, along with Yoshida, who hit almost 200 in his first full year. This, this is a lineup that will get better and better each and every week. And that's a really good reason for hope there. Cause for concern, they've said all offseason that they're all in for the season and trying to go for it. But all their actions have done otherwise. Like, I mean, why would you trade Alice Verdugo to the Yankees, to your rival? Like, why, why would you do that? That's just not cool to do. And they kind of lack some big names outside of Devers. You know, like there's there's not much else there. And Giolito and they have, even their pitching is young. Like it's, it's, it's going to be kind of tough there. So it kind of feels like they've thrown in the towel before the season even started, but we'll see. All right. Um, yeah, there would have been a time where Lucas Giolito being the ace of your staff would have sounded pretty sexy, but those days are gone. Um, so the fact that he he's your number one rotation, I think that is, you know, it has been the problem for the Red Sox the last few years is, is, is pitching has just not been competitive. Um, I agree. I think, I think offensively, there's certainly a lot, um, to, to look at. I think Tristan Cassis, you know, kind of having his breakout rookie year last year. Um, I think he's, he, he's a guy to, got to look out for, a guy to watch. Um, you know, obviously Devers is, to do his thing. Um, so I think this team is going to, you know, not be absolute dog shit, but I definitely don't think that they're going to be very good. I think they're going to be, have their, I think they're going to have a losing record, probably, probably be at the bottom of this division once again, because, you know, they didn't really do much in the offseason and they're going to be featured on that new Netflix documentary. So that's kind of cool, I guess. But uh, James, over under, uh, they're set at 80 and a half. Under. Yeah, I think it's a good call. Alex? Yeah, they lost JT, who's my guy. So under. All right. Uh, trading. Going contrarian. Over. Ooh, okay. Some okay. magic in Boston. Um, I'm also going under. You know, they like I said, they, they were under that 80 and a half last year. I think they're a worse team on paper. Um, so definitely going under there. Um, that wraps up the American League East. So that's the first of six divisions that we'll, that we'll be previewing for you guys uh, coming up next week. We'll move over to the American League Central. Um, but yeah, thanks guys for tuning in and hopefully you guys are getting excited for baseball coming up isn't you said baseball for you starting this weekend yeah college baseball starts this weekend so that's coming up and uh and we're looking forward to that obviously so we're trying to quench your baseball thirst after a very long off season tune into that uh tyler's on your lions will be playing on espn 8 so go ahead and try and find them send us a picture if you find them and then we tyler will send you a signed baseball for 30 cents there you go uh, <laughs> <laughs> episode 186 of TLDR Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We finally got to talk baseball after a very, 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 very times 10, 10.5, a uh, very long time. Uh, we talked some basketball, which is great, some trade deadline stuff, and some hockey with some drama and some marquee matchup in the Philadelphia Flyers who are going to be bad. But that wraps up our episode. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Hope you have a good week. And yeah, bye-bye.